right, Sarah, yep. this episode is so cool. It really is. We talked to Paul Smith, who's the director of lab demonstrations at, at the Department of Chemistry here at Purdue about... Fireworks. Fireworks. Yeah. So if you've ever wondered how fireworks are made mm -hmm. and how they do the shapes and how they build them and how they do different sounds and how they do different colors, he's the man. He uh, he has a license to build these, and he walked us through how they, how it works and yep. how they do it, the, all the science behind it. He explained, and and he also explained how science helped in the advancement of fireworks. So it's a pretty cool episode. It's kind of got it all. It's really good. We hope you enjoy this one. Thank you. Today on Superheroes of Science, we are so excited to be in the lab. We are here with Paul Smith, Director of Lecture Demonstrations here in the Department of Chemistry at Purdue. So thanks so much, Paul. Thanks for having us. Happy to do it. It's that time of year and we're thinking about that, getting ready for fireworks displays. So talking about fireworks is a good review and natural thing for us to do in that. What you see here is mock-ups of the shells that are used in fireworks displays and in the upcoming season and during the festivals at different times throughout the year and that. So just to give you awareness, we uh, one of the things we do is training and safety guidelines and so forth for display companies and things like that. This shell has some live material in it. I've made this up because one of the things we want the, the, trainee, the trainees to know is fireworks sometimes don't work. And so they got to be prepared for that and so forth. As the backyard fireworks people and doing things there, there's certain things to be aware of and so forth. Mm -hmm. So this one is actually made not to work. Oh. It will just fly up in the air, fall back down the ground, and that's why it's labeled as DOC training, as display operators course training thing. But you can feel the weight of that. Oh, yeah. These are just half of it, so it's going to be different, but you can see how much okay. lighter this is compared. That's made to be more the full weight that you would have in that. Mm -hmm. okay. So what's live here is this is actually the leader, and this wood burn and so forth, and there's actually some black powder in here that would lift it up, so this should perform and actually fly into the air like mm -hmm. the shells would do here. You can see comparatively, here's a fake up that was made and this won't burn but you can see he's done a pretty good job and he's just colored string there to create the similar effect to what you would have as the black match mm -hmm. string that's here yeah. so looks like the real thing mm -hmm. <laughs> the this is a three inch shell you see examples here that are cut in half as cutaways of what a three inch is like and you can see here that there's these little beads in there and he's used different color ones which makes it easier to see but the reality is when you look inside a fireworks shell it's not oh there's the red ones there's the blue ones there's the green ones they're all going to look like this they're all black uh, okay okay and so there's different effects that there that are created by this this is known as a red white and blue shell and that's why it kind of did the different colors mm -hmm. but it would all look black legitimately and what it would do is throw them out all in rays and give you the just a streak of light of the different colors in that this one here is a, a chrysanthemum uh, shell and the idea here is and a lot of one of the titles and names of fireworks shells come from flowers a lot of the oh. original things came from Japan and their whole focus on flowers and stuff like that so this is a chrysanthemum and so what happens with that like a chrysanthemum goes out and droops down mm -hmm. you get this kind of drooping and you can create different colors and that he didn't say what color a lot of times they're uh, gold, he just said it's chrysanthemum on that, but that gives you... So the design and the way they put this together is what 
makes Correct. that. You see here, these are just scattered throughout and you have the burst powder, which is the black granular mm -hmm. material in here. Uh -huh is all dispersed around. Here, they're all, these are the stars, the b little balls, the stars are all to the outside. So it throws them out and creates that chrysanthemum kind okay. of effect. Okay. Now, to, to build the shell up and, and continue on with the thing, what you have is we talked about the fuse and coming in through here, the fire comes into this point. It comes around through the outer package here. Mm -hmm. You can see it on the outside here. And the bottom here is now black powder that is ignited with that fuse and the black powder can explode. It is, it is used, it was not as much anymore in blasting if you can find it. Mm -hmm. What we're trying to do here is restrict it but not confine it so much and allow it just to produce a tremendous amount of gas. So what happens is that we take the shell and put it into a tube and I just happen to have a grad cylinder that's no good because the bottoms broke out but it works perfectly to be like a launch tube for fireworks. Here's an actual high density polyethylene launch tube, which you can see there's a wood plug in the bottom that oh, holds okay. it. Mm -hmm. Generally, these are into the ground two thirds of the way, mm -hmm. or they're in a wood rack and framed and supported mm -hmm. inside a rack and then that state. The shell then is lowered into this and then this lit here. And this works real nice so you can see it inside and how that, so it just sits down there. Wow. Well, what happens is then that black powder ignites, it creates a whole bunch of tremendous amount of gas real quick, that pressurizes the thing. And what do we know from chemistry and physics and that? Opposite reaction to the thing, whoop, the shell takes off and flies up. Okay. So the process is started. But the trouble is you don't want the shell to explode right here. You want it to explode yeah. 300 feet in the air, 400, 500, whatever, mm -hmm. and then you get a nice visual presentation. So what you have to have is a timer, and that's what this is here. So the lift powder ignites here, creates a tremendous amount of gas, throws the shell up, and lights the timer. Okay. And then that has a delay to it for a, a three-inch shell there. It's going to be a couple seconds at the most or whatever. And that's burning. And so in a fireworks display, if you can see and watch, you can actually see a little bit of a glimmer of light mm -hmm. as it goes yeah. up. Mm -hmm. That's the timer. Oh, so, the, so the small thing we see on the bottom, and I've seen these before, mm -hmm. and um, that launches the whole ball. Correct. The rest of the ball. And then this is what you're calling a timer, mm -hmm. is a separate fuse that's lit this at the same time. Correct. Okay. Got it. So that gives the proper delay. Mm -hmm. Then when it burns and gets here, the fire shoots out inside here and that ignites all this powder. That then explodes the hemisphere, blows it apart. It also ignites the stars and depending on the configuration in there, then you get the pattern as it explodes out of there. Uh -huh. So literally when you see the real nice pattern things like a heart or a cube or things like yeah. that. They've laid it out and they have ways to configure in that pattern inside here and then they blow it apart in a manner that they all fly out evenly and light at the same time. And that's how you create the pattern. Wow. Now you have a little bit more of a uh, challenge in that because you've got the plane effect. So if the, plane, if the pattern is laying like this, you can see it. Mm -hmm. If the pattern's laying like this and you're looking at it, you're looking at the same plane and so you're saying, what is that? All you're seeing is the, you know, 
on the same plane. Uh -huh. So you know, we don't know how they're going to orientate the sky. So one of the things they do in pyrotechnic choreography is shoot multiples. One or two of them are going to orientate so the crowd can see what it was. Oh. And then they realize, okay, those are four. I see the two hearts and those other two are hearts too, but they're just facing a different way. Oh, wow. And it's all in how it's packed together, the orientation. <coughs> Correct. And certain people have certain techniques that they know how to the, the make it hold together better and do that, they know how you explode it apart. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people are all about noise and just making bangs and exploding things and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There's more of an art to this to get it to explode in a proper fashion rather than just bust apart. I mean, it's easy to just throw things out and fragment things, mm -hmm. but what we're trying to do is create things, paint color in the sky and do that. And so there's a, a skill to that and so forth. Now, we talked about just making noise and exploding things that's all this does here this is a, a aluminum potassium perchlorate composition that just is very energetic and so that's where you get the bright flash in the sky and and the loud noise all right and so and this is filled with not actually is it a powder yeah and so it, it, when those the those noisy ones that my wife hates with a passion um i mean a passion yep and some so, people don't like some people don't like the noise they just like the yeah. color yeah that uh, has a powder in it what is that powder? it's a composition of aluminum and potassium perchlorate okay and when that ignites it just yeah it, it comes real close to being the strength of dynamite it has that kind oh, wow. of energy out potential. Oh. And it has a sensitivity of friction, too, that you have to be careful with, just the raw powder. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a certain amount of mass that when you get to that mass, you light it, it explodes. It doesn't burn. Okay. Now, it's not as energetic as high explosives like dynamite and some of that stuff, but it approaches that level because of the energy. Now, notice part of the configuration here and part of the dynamics that go into explosive and pyrotechnics is mm -hmm. look at how thick the wall is here compared to how well, thick it is here. I was going to ask, if yeah. that, is that, is that mock-up accurate? Because it's so much thicker of a and shell and it's not as round. Yeah. Correct. Cylinders tend to be more structurally sound. They actually can wrap string around them and make them even tighter and more bound. The more you hold or confined explosion, the more energy you're going to get out, the more noise. And when you make something like this, it's always mine's noisier and yours kind of thing. And so <laughs> that's yeah, what they're doing. Yeah. Now notice, notice they did something different here. Here these are bottom fused. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. I Where's the fuse at in this one? It's oh. on the top. Yeah. Now, and the reason for that is you've got to penetrate through the sh here to get the time fuse in there. When the lift goes, sometimes that is strong enough that it can break and breach through here and send fire there, and that means that the shell blows up right here. The energy ah. with the, okay. So they tend to time fuse this way, and what happens is it lights the timer here. It's on the top, but the break or the lift is down here. The exploding and force going from that burning and thrusting it up is down here, and so it's easier to maintain the integrity there and secure. Okay. So the time, the lead fuse comes in here. It lights the timer here, but then you can see it carries around and comes out down here to light. Oh, I see. So you've got. So it's a little trickier that way. You can also not get this lit by doing this lift the shell and goes up and then you get what we created here with the, 
the dummy here that just mm -hmm. goes up and comes down, comes back down. which we call if the fitting title to this is a dud. And you know, <laughs> oh, that was a real dud because nothing happens in right. the sky. <laughs> and the display guys, then they have to be aware. Okay, one of the things you do in the display is you have to watch and verify duds because you got to go get them. You don't want them left out there because well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. What if it's smoldering or something? Yeah, we've got a certain time frame that we watch and so forth, okay. and and you can tell. And sometimes if it's really burning you and looks like it's active, you can throw a little water on it. But um, the bottom line is we're in close when we're hand firing doing things. We're in close with these things doing the whole process. So if it's laying there in the ground because it didn't work in that, we just stay away from it for a while. If it blows up there, it, 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 it can be a problem. But staying a distance away gives you the okay. security. Mm -hmm. <coughs> now, um, these here give you an example of some other type things that are, we talk about ball stars here. Here you can see this is what's called a pump star and essentially the composition is put in a tube and shoved out and you create this tubular effect of material and then you just cut it off and you get these cylinders. Okay. Those are going to burn longer. They're going to create the longer glowing oh, things. Yeah. And uh, oh. some of them go too long, almost go to the ground. So it's a matter of timing that. Uh, so we can see that right. a little bit too. That's uh, okay. And so those long ones are much, I see where that's much different. Mm -hmm. and, and so some of this you have to factor into what you're doing. A three inch is gonna, isn't going to go high as a 12 inch. So the stars you put in here are going to have to be smaller than what you put here because you're not going to have the distance to the ground for it to burn out. And so these are going to be pretty, pretty impressive as far as they're going to come a long way because of how far this shell is going to go because it's only a three inch. And you only put so much lift and put so much height to it. You can, you can change that and vary it, but mm -hmm. you balance it out. Then the other type is a cubicle scar. A star that you see like this here. Mm -hmm. Again, a lot of composition there. And this one is known as a snowfall, and the way these come out is they're just going to come down and create this glowing, bright, whiter gold effect that looks kind of like snowfall. Okay. Now, and on this, if I may, yep, yep. The, uh, the, what we're seeing in the middle is the powder that ignites all of the stuff around it. Correct. And since those are thicker and more dense than what well, the balls would be or larger than the balls there, that's what's burning slower, giving it, us a different display. The burn rate may be the same speed, but there's just not as much material there, so it goes out quicker. Oh, okay. okay. It doesn't last as long. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's endurance based on quantity of material. Uh, and I see a lot more of the, um, you know, uh, the powder to get yes. it up there. And is that because these are a little, have a little more mass? Does it need more to to, oh. to propel it? <laughs> yeah, and this maybe it's kind of interesting. Maybe actually a four-inch cylinder compared to three-inch. Oh, okay. So it looks uh, it's awful yeah, it close. Look a little, yeah. And, and see, that's that's part of the thing. There, it's not like you can put a micrometer on here and determine okay how big it is, and that fits. The guideline and the standard is the tolerance you have here. Mm -hmm. And so the tube has to be able to, it has to be able to slide in there, but there's a certain amount of gap that you want there. And so as long as it's not too big a gap for a shell, the four inch will work in there, but some four inches are a little bigger than size, mm -hmm. like this here. See, there's slightly a, larger. Yeah. Sli so as long as you can, it can work in there and have the gap because there's an excess of gas produced that'll throw the shell up. So when you actually are watching these launch, if you're close and can see it coming out of the tube, you will see the gas plume out here. Then the shell comes out. 
the gas goes so fast it gets ahead of the shell, then builds up enough pressure, the shell follows afterwards. Okay. So you've got a little bit of a, a play and tolerance there of how big it is. Mm -hmm. So there is more lift powder here because this is a heavier, okay. you can just tell by picking up there's mm -hmm. more mass here and stuff. Again, top fused. Mm -hmm. See that, yeah. Now the ones we see that the city's light, mm -hmm. is that the larger, the 12 inch? Is that what, or are there a variety of sizes? It's all variety of sizes. You're generally gonna just see a few of these because they're so expensive. That's and, those really big ones. And okay. Yeah, so they really spread in the sky and so, and they usually get shot by themselves so you can just see it. Very ornate, a lot of different effects in there. So mm -hmm. you just, and it takes a period of time. It takes, you know, it's gonna be five to 10 seconds before the whole shell completely opens and out and then goes away. Yeah. And that's a long time when you're doing an intense kind of situation. So, but you're gonna see three inch, you know, or you're gonna see that the lower level in that, then you're gonna see four inch and with that, then to do different effects, you can have the three inch, which is gonna break at this height. Mm -hmm. You can have the five or six inch break at this oh. height. And so you can see a multi-level kind of effect there. And then right over the top of it can be the 12 over above that. And I understand they can all be in the same um, pack, packaged all together or they would be separate? They're all like... going to be in separate tubes okay. that match okay. up with their diameter. I see. And separated there. And, and for convenience of the crew displaying it and working it out most of the time they're kind of bunched together mm -hmm. as far as the bigger shells and smaller shells but sometimes there's a variety of them because they want to do multiple positions and so they want to do three three inch shells so they got a three inch going here left middle and right mm -hmm. boom the threes go at the same time they might have four inch there that then fours can go and then oh, okay. some sixes there and stuff like that so there's an art to the timing. You meant, you said choreograph a while ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You meant yeah. that, didn't you? Right, because what we've been talking about here is more hands-on and do it by hand, but then when you set this all up and put the multiply positions, then they actually connect that to the computer, and then they actually can plug it into where the computer actually tells when the sequence to fire, oh and then they can even go back and create the thing, which many of the big displays you, you see on the fourth, they actually go back and they start with the music, and they actually mm -hmm. add the fireworks to the, the rhythm the cadence, the effect of what the music is producing so that the fireworks simulate that in the sky and then as the music plays the shells are actually being launched based on that script. So you said they start with the music and then add, I wouldn't have, I would have guessed it was the opposite way that they tried it. Wow, that's really neat. I've heard it's, you know, it balances out between different people, but I've heard for every one minute of fireworks, mm -hmm. it's an hour of choreographic work to create the pattern for that. Wow. Oh, wow. And, and, it, and it's, I've worked with the, the software and stuff and it's really, really neat and use, easy to work with because the music plays and you essentially just click and put where you want launches in there. Then you go back and know I've got a launch here. Now what shell want I to go? Well, if you're talking about a song that's talking about blue or I'm very blue today and whatever, blue fireworks shells. And so oh, what wow. size do I want to use? And then you pick from inventory and plug it in there and you just create a whole database of what shells go and so forth. Oh, and, that's neat. And, then the, and then to keep it all sequenced, the computer then fires it based on what you say the next cues are. And how is the, how is the computer firing? What's what's connected? What's it connected to? Okay, what we don't have here uh, to show you, but what they do then is here, we're talking about actually uh, coming into an open flame, a fusee, some kind of torch or ignition, lights this, this just cakes fire and the fire goes right down in there, mm -hmm. hits the black powder, shell comes out. 
<clears throat> with the computer fire, there's actually an ignition system that sends electricity, firing system sends electricity to what we call an E-match. Okay. And that has a little bit of a pyrotechnic material on the end that puts a quick flame out. That quick flame goes into the here. It's and so there's these are older style, but now the newer shells come. This is actually a little plastic port, so you can stick it right in there, cinch it on that port, and you're all electric fire ready to go. And so the the length, I imagine different mm -hmm. manufacturers might have slightly different lengths of stuff. Do you have to put that into the computer to calculate, or is it fairly standard? No, it, 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 yeah, for it, fuse. For the the fuse, the fuse actually is almost instant. What the timing is is here, oh. and so some of the companies actually go out and shoot hundreds of their shells, and they produce database that then they say, "You want to buy our three-inch shell? Here's the flight time." And so what they actually have to do is back time the flight time. So okay, I want this shell to create this effect in the sky at this point of the music. So it's actually launched 2.5 seconds before that. And so at that point, boom. And so when you see a, sh a fireworks display where the rhythm is boom, 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 and the fireworks are going boom, boom, boom in the sky, they've all pre-launched so that they could break at that time. Okay. Wow. But yeah, so there's a huge amount of data gathered based. And so the timers, these shells are gonna have a different timer than mm -hmm. these shells, than these shells here. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to vary between the companies how they time in that. But you can get that. And so some of the some of the people that are really good at choreographing and stuff like that, they don't trust anybody else's data. So they go out and shoot the very shells that they're going to shoot in the show and get their times and then work off of those times in order to create it. Yeah. Oh wow. <clears throat> so so a ton of ton of time goes into it. So so you got these variety of shells, and then like here is a, a six inch, this is an eight inch, and then this is a ten inch here. I like that it's totally inert practice. That's yeah, really good. Yeah. So the one thing we haven't talked about mm -hmm. is I just got to know is how do we get those different colors? Okay. And I have a feeling that's how we ended up in a chemistry lab. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. They've made up a really nice sheet here that you guys can see there. Yeah. Um, that talks about sparklers, and the interesting thing is when you're doing sparklers, most of the time it's just silver or kind of orange, mm -hmm. uh, yellow yes. color, and that, which is the presence of iron. But the silver is a high concentration of aluminum and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that's the metal sparks in that. But the actual color comes back to basic chemistry. And as you can see mentioned there, it talks about the colorants. It's basically metal salts. And so you're going to have strontium, barium, copper, mm -hmm. calcium, occasionally sodium. Sodium isn't used so much because it just contaminates everything. Mm -hmm. And so when we get into spectrum analysis and looking at our colors, when we're really trying to tweak it and get it better, sodium's always in there. Who put that in there? Nobody did. It just gets contaminated in there. So you tend not to use it for a yellow as much or oh. uh, you find something that will work because it doesn't cross-contaminate. But sodium does give you the yellow color. So the flame test we do in the lab, mm -hmm. the color flame test we do there, that's exactly what what we drive this off. Okay. How neat. So the, the thing is there with the flame test, you're just talking about the one material, it's salt in solution or a powder and putting it into flame. Here now you're gonna have to composite it so it can be a star or some kind of integral uh, mm -hmm. item that can be held in there. So when I look at this, and so the purple, or well, red, white, and blue, because it's it would, yeah. it, this is a, what would be a red, white, and blue that we'd mm -hmm. see. Mm -hmm. Now, each of these different colors is a 
a mixture then? When you say a, a salt, just explain that a little bit more, what you right. mean by that. Okay, what you ha that's how we get the color. Those are the ingredients that get the color, mm -hmm. but that basically is part oftentimes of the fuel. And what we have to do to get a pyrotechnic reaction work is have a fuel and an oxidizer. Okay. So sometimes the oxygen is on board with the colorant, but a lot of times it isn't. And so the oxidizer is like potassium nitrate, potassium perchlorate, that provides the oxygen that's with that. And so that's why fireworks can actually work in space. They don't need oxygen around them to work. They do, it participates in our atmosphere when we do it, but they have all the things they need to to burn on board. And so <gasps> you add the strontium, perhaps strontium chlorate or mm -hmm. uh, carbonate mm -hmm. or something like that, but then you add potassium nitrate or potassium perchlorate to that to give your oxidizer. And then to get it to hold together, you add something like dextron or something like that, uh, okay. a starch a type material mm -hmm. that thins your binder and that's what mix it together then to create the ball effects or the cubicle or... Now, we, I was going to say, we were talking earlier and um, you had said something I thought that was really cool. So I noticed that a lot of these include a chlorine and you were saying that that can be beneficial when you light them up. How, how, in what well, way? that's where this all developed from early alchemy and understanding mm -hmm. about things like that and trial and error. As it got more scientific and the scientists got more involved in experimentation and uh, instrumentation became available, began to say why. And what we found out is, why is this color better? What they began to do through spectroscopy and determine is the presence of chlorine enhanced the color, makes it more intense, more brilliant. And so they began to, and so we get into the old flame chemistry, plasma chemistry that's going on in the yeah. actual live flame. And, and there are now pretty good descriptions of that reaction and the, the mechanism going on where the presence of chlorine in each one of those situations makes the color more vivid. And so you purposely put in there, and in some cases, when we talk about the formula, we talked about the fuel, the oxidizer, the binder. Mm -hmm. We also talked about the chlorine donor. Oh. So you could use like copper chloride, uh -huh. That provides the donor in that, but sometimes the copper in that configuration doesn't give you quite as good a blue. So you might put something else that gives you the chlorine and use another compound or metal salt of copper that gives you that and then nice. mix those together. And so then you begin to get all these variations and testing out to see what really works the best to give the most brilliant color. So, and so now there's literally hundreds, probably thousands of formulas that are out there that you can work off of and, and do, and that becomes kind of trade secret stuff. When somebody says, oh, that's a brilliant color, how do you get that? Well, I probably can't tell you that because that's, that's ours. And, uh, oh, wow. I'm, I'm still tripping just a little bit. A little bit mind blown to think that uh, that would work in space. Oh yeah, well, and because so the perchlorate and the chlorate, so they've got those oxygens, and and how does that work when they're? Because and you had mentioned that before that this might be a mixture with some perchlorate in it. Well, the the, the perchlorate, the potassium just kind of breaks off, mm -hmm. and you, so you end up with the chlorate molecule, and then that breaks down to produce a bunch of oxygen. And so it's the oxygen produced, and same with nitrate. It produces oxygen. We break that compound apart, and that oxygen then fuels in there and so forth. And, uh, that is so cool. <laughs> the, the space industry, NASA and them, they found, figured out a lot of those things because they realized, hey, we're going to need thrust. We're going to need to do things oh, in space. Well, yeah. 
and uh, so they've developed the hypergolic situ situations where they just mix two fuels together and they flame and they create thrust and so forth. And the whole, the whole solid rocket booster and what's going on there is a solid composition material, not like this, but in a similar configuration. And they pour it, they make it up, they pour it out, cast it in that booster, and then it burns and creates a tremendous amount of thrust and gas that lifts the rocket in space. In mm -hmm. a similar situation, we're lifting these with a the gas, mm -hmm. just a much more, a much simpler uh, design, just burning black powder. That's cool. And, and black powder then ends up fitting into that because you've got carbon, you've got sulfur and potassium nitrate, mm -hmm. fuel and oxidizer. And the balance of that gives us the gas that we need. And if you can find it enough, that's what they used to do in the old mining things. It wasn't nearly as effective as some of the modern day explosives. They could blast apart with that. And uh, so that that's the chemistry and the configuration of how these go in that. So what I thought would be neat for you guys to do is you see all this stuff here mm -hmm. is to see, okay, how, do, how does this get together? How do we do this? And so mm -hmm. I actually have a, a ATF license, a manufacturer, manufacturer license and so forth, I have all the components to put things together like this. And so to make a 12 inch shell, if you really love macrame and making things, you could make the cardboard hemis for it or you can buy them. And so there's hemispheres for all these different sizes. So I brought in three inch hemispheres and I brought in some inert materials and I'm gonna let you guys try to make a three inch shell. And then you can see these are pasted on the mm -hmm. outside with mm -hmm. that. And that's the old school way of doing it. Now they have machines that can actually do that. But there's still a lot of shells still hand pasted. I'm gonna let you guys get a little gooey with some uh, wheat paste yeah. and, and see how it pastes together. What it shows you too, and this one, this is more of a, well, might have been hand pasted there, mm -hmm. um, is the time factor. With the machine, because of how it's done in that, you can be done and launched a shell that night. With the hand pasting, it's like a couple, th couple days, maybe three days process, because you put one layer on, you can't keep putting a layer on because it'll just all stay wet and fall off. Yeah. So you have to let it dry one day, then you come back and put another layer on and another layer on, and then you're ready to get to proceed on. And that's just that's just doing this part. Then you have to come back and put the lift on here and do that. Oh, wow. And you can see here, probably a 12-inch shell takes about a pound of black powder oh to God. launch it at height. The whole regulatory situation is to get a license you have to have a place you can store this stuff legally. Okay. That's all guided by the ATF oh. and so they would have to have to give you a license that you fill out paperwork um, you're going to have a background check to make sure you don't have a felony charge against you. Mm -hmm. And then from there, as far as training and stuff like that, they don't really go into that. It's more, do you have the proper storage for it and, and where you can put it? And um, to do displays and actually do the fireworks public displays and stuff like that, there's a more the requirement of training and background and, and experience and stuff like that because you can't get the permit, the permit to do display unless the fire marshal signs off and says, okay, this person is trained or has experience and can and do this. So for the ATF, they're going to want to know where you're going to store it and they've got all this protocol, what it is, and it's got to be a separated away from things. It's got to be secure. Just a whole bunch of things that go there. And, and Then I'm guessing for some of the materials, uh, it's a separate license then to be able to um, actually uh, acquire and purchase. If you have the ATF license to manufacture, that allows you to get any materials you need. Oh. Most of the materials, like we talked about the color stuff, mm -hmm. 
any person can get that as long mm -hmm. as they can convince the supplier that you know that they're doing something of legit matter and yes. so forth. Mm -hmm. There, the material that's very energetic, those silver compound that I showed you in the one yes. shell and stuff like that, that's been uh, used illegally for making M80s and stuff like that, and so that is more regulated. And so those suppliers won't sell you that unless they'll sell you real small quantities. But anything of quantity, you have to have ATF license. We realize when we work with this stuff that there's a risk. And so the focus is we're not going to get rid of risk. We're going to manage it. What's the smartest way to do this? And that comes back to the same thing that we do in the lab and stuff like that. There's some risk to that, but we manage it. We follow through with things that way. And that's been the fascinating thing for me coming from it from the scientific aspect as a chemist to realize the early people in this were all trial and error, no risk management. And then because it was secretive and they didn't want to communicate, nobody is learning from each other. And so the same errors are being repeated from generation to generation. Yeah. Science came involved and then we began to start communicating better and saying, hey, let's do some risk management. Don't put these two compounds together. They tend to go off on their own. And so science has helped get that information and share that. I really like the, the way you point out, because everything is risk. Yeah. And uh, risk management is a priority in what we do. And so this time of year, looking at fireworks and stuff, I think it's a really great thing to remind other people, yes, in these larger mortars and stuff, there's certainly risk in, in building mm -hmm. and definitely in lighting them off, but there's also risk in the things that they're doing. Yep. The, the things they're doing. I mean, sparklers. I mean, it's there's more kids get burnt with sparklers yeah. Oh, yeah. than Stats. any other fireworks. That's the greatest injury cause of fire, in fireworks around the holidays or throughout the year is sparklers. And, and, and it's interesting, they they finally got the picture and thinking about that to where now they're trying. It doesn't work as well, but you're finding more and more sparklers with a wood stick. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, 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 you know, that was one of the things that caught my attention early on is realizing we're heating this thing up, we're holding it, and you don't think about where you're holding it, thermal conductivity, boom. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, and kids, if you're just handing off to the kids, they're not thinking about that at all. They're, yeah. So. And there's some really great safety videos out there about doing fire, fireworks with sparklers and stuff. And just some basic things there. What do you do with it afterwards? Yes. You know, throw it, throw it in a paper bucket with paper in there. You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you know, it's just simple, simple things. Make sure it's a bucket can handle heat. Have a little water. Kids mm -hmm. throw it in there. And there again, what are we doing? Risk management, thinking mm -hmm. about how to process and deal with that. And uh, so that strategy, I think, is really apropos for all of life. And too often, we tend to just go about things without thinking about that, and then all of a sudden get caught unawares and realize, whoop, wasn't thinking ahead there to manage that risk and so forth. All right, I got a question. What is? What do you recommend, or what's your favorite way if you're going to do some fireworks to light them? What's what's the what's the well, safest for just for for the layperson, the person that just wants to do some backyard fireworks on the Fourth of July? I remember as a kid we used to get punks, I think is what they call them, and they but now it seems like they don't. You can still get those. Some of the fireworks companies have them when you buy from them for your backyard fireworks. Well, all right, what's a punk? That that is a it's a wood material with a little bit of binder in there. Okay. And, and it's flammable, not extremely, and it glows. Okay. So yeah, it, yeah. essentially it's like a wood stick glowing, but they, they, it's a composite that they make and put onto a stick and, and it, it tends to hold fire in that. Um, I like, um, and we do use it some for public displays, but um, is a propane torch with a 
trigger mechanism on it that you can click on and fire and off. And so then you can go out there and light it. The disadvantage of that is it doesn't produce much light. And that's one of the things you find out doing a public display. If somebody's lighting with a road flare, there's a whole lot of red light coming out of there. And so you've got some ability to see just by that illumination. And especially the lighter, he can see what the light just with the flare. Mm -hmm. With the torch, you're going to need another ancillary light or something like that. But those are really nice because it's only on when you're doing it. Mm -hmm. With the guy at the flare and other people working with him to load shells again and do it and hand display and stuff like that, you always got to be aware, ignition source here, I'm carrying flammable materials. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. With the torch, it's easier on and off. And for the backyard thing, you're mm -hmm. going to be shooting something and watching and so forth. So it's easy to trigger and back and forth there. Okay. The pump's nice, but they're, um, they tend not to sometimes stay on fire, so you have to relight yeah. them. And, yeah. Uh, the one thing that isn't good, which some people do in that, is getting down there with your little lighter or doing things like that and so forth. What about those long lighters that we see in the stores? Those are, that's a better option. That's because what we usually use at our house. you got a better option there because you got distance. The, the trouble with the, uh, the small cigarette lighter or small lighter is that when you light the fuse sticking out like that, it generally is going to shoot fire out the end of the fuse. And if you're lighting this way, that fire comes right onto your hand yes. and you can burn your hand. Mm -hmm. So if you light at an angle, you're all right that way. But if you're using the fireplace lighter, the longer ones, you're a distance away that that helps that way. And then it also helps, you've got to get right down there. You've got to crouch completely down there, light it. And then you've got to step up. You've got to turn away as it lights. And that's just easier for tripping and, and you know, stumbling mm -hmm. and stuff like that, where if you can reach out with the longer lighter, then you can do that. Thank you. Thank you this so much. So cool. This was very fun. <laughs>